Domestic place, right time, right place, right time. I want to reconnect all of the things that I am. Nature All of a sudden, clarity bestills me. What are the odds that a substance accidentally curated in a lab years and years ago by Albert Hoffman's sweet soul could bring me and hundreds, thousands, millions of others to these beautiful realizations. of welcomes into this sweet virtual temple of love. Today I'm going to be doing my best to articulate my experience, my most recent experience with LSD. Um, the other day I meditated on my patio and went through a wonderful round of breath work and I had been wanting to take this tab um, that I have in my possession for quite some time, for a little over a month actually. I had wanted to take it ever since I did the combo, but I wanted enough time to integrate that medicine experience before I jumped into another medicine experience. And um, so I waited and waited and finally the time seemed right. So I did it. I did my meditation. I did my breath work and I put the tab on my tongue and while it dissolved, I made a light commitment to myself to take notes for the whole duration or for take as many notes as I could. Um, and so throughout this podcast, throughout this transmission, I'm going to do my best to through the notes that I took and through the felt sense of what I can remember, um, tell you guys about my trip, tell you guys about my little journey. But it is extremely hard to write when you're experiencing all the different fluctuations of energy and, and sort of watching reality undulate around you. It's really quite challenging, so... My notes are scattered. And as you know, trying to grasp a psychedelic experience is sort of like trying to grasp the wind. Um, anywho. So yes, I took the tab at around two and I wrote down that I was feeling great but I was also feeling very shaky, right? Because those of you who experience with psychedelics know that there's this sort of pressure, this sort of visceral pressure 
that begins like deep within you and it's just a build up of the experience that you're about to go through. And then around 247, I wrote, <laughs> borderline wondering if this is working yet. Oh, borderline wondering if this is working. Yet I feel it firing up within the depths of me. And this tab had just been sitting in this uh, this post-it note folded up on my dresser. And I was wondering if it got too much sun or went bad or what the deal was. But it most definitely did not go bad. Because the next thing I wrote was, there's freedom in accepting I'm at my right place and right time in the universe. And I couldn't tell you what time I wrote that down at because uh, I was already losing sense of my motor skills so much to the point that I was like, I can't bother writing the time down. I just got to get this down. So I was listening to a little bit of Abraham Hicks going into it because I have this theory that when you're sort of that intuitive, as intuitive as you are to different energetic frequencies um, under the influence of LSD particularly, I feel that you almost have like a one-up on the quantum field, or I shouldn't say it like that, but uh, I feel almost as if being so in tune with those different energies, oh no, my battery. So essentially, when you're more in tune with these different energies, when you're as in tune as you are under the influence of a substance like LSD, you're better able to um, interact with different energies around you. So I thought, what was the harm in listening to Abraham Hicks, who talks a lot about manifesting and things of that nature? And then after that got old, I decided to listen to some altered perspectives music. And if you listen to my last podcast, um, then you know that Altered Perspective is a group that Greg Babanya is a part of, and they make ambient music that are in perfect alignment with the different frequencies. And he just so happened to drop an album not long ago that's called, um, hold on, let me pull it up here. <laughs> that album that Altered Perspectives dropped not long ago is titled Sound in Never Ending Space. And and it's filled with songs like with titles like spun from a fractal's edge formed by a vibrational thread, a whirling symphony of wavelengths and so on and so forth. So I meditated for a while while I waited for the LSD to ramp up and I sort of just was laying there feeling it change my perspective. It's really interesting. Um, and I could feel it shifting my perspective from me, 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 me to everything to, oh, I'm not, I'm not just whatever is dwelling in this body. I'm all of the things around me. I was looking out of my window into the world and getting the sense that that world was a di direct reflection of me 
of my innermost being. One of the first things that I wrote down was, psychedelics are like a windshield wiper, or like the most gentle person ever with one of those felt rags that takes your glasses off and wipes them clean and restores your vision and perception before handing them back to you. Because we all know that that's one of the wonderful things that psychedelics do for you. It cleans and clears your perspective. And it was just such a gentle feeling arising. Um, (laughs) So by then, I was starting to feel it. And one of the next things that I wrote is, we are domesticated monkeys who just want to run free again. And I don't know how much I need to, to go into that, but for anybody who's like, what the fuck? I mean, that's essentially what we are, right? We are mammals. We are animals. We are descendants of the great apes. And um, we are just extremely evolved, intelligent monkeys who have been domesticated by society. The man said, wear this suit and act like this and live inside concrete walls and get a job and live your life according to this paper substance. And so the vast majority of people in our cultures, um, their highest goal is to get rich. And I'm not bashing that. We need money to survive in this game that we're playing. We need money to thrive in this game that we are playing. Uh, But it, it really is just fucking crazy when you think about the value that we put on a piece of paper and numbers on a screen. Some people just may go their whole entire lives trying to accumulate enough paper to prove their worth to others and to themselves. And the fact that that's where the vast majority of value lies in our society, um, it's concerning. It's concerning and it's... (laughs) It's a fucking paradox because don't get me wrong. I want to be rich, but more than I want to be rich, I want to be at peace. Like if you gave me a choice between you can either have $1 million or you have the option to push the reset button on society so that money no longer has the value that it does. And we place our highest values, everybody places their highest values on something else, then in my heart's heart, I can honestly say I would choose option B. And so, so many people feel out of touch and out of tune and out of whack. And so many people feel misplaced and like something's wrong and they can't put their finger on what. And so, so many people go and get drugs prescribed to them or go and drink till they get blackout drunk or seek help of substances such as myself. And we feel like something's wrong with us. But in reality, it's not us. It's society. Animals in the wild don't get depressed. There's no there's no studies that show animals in the wild getting depressed. Um, 
there are studies that show that when you take animals out of the wild and put them into captivity, such as the whales at SeaWorld whose dorsals collapse because they get so fucking depressed from living in these false communities in these tiny tanks instead of in the vast ocean where they are meant to swim and be free. Then they get fucking depressed. So thinking about ourselves, all our years of evolution in tribes immersed in nature and how far we've come from that and how Many of us spend little to no time in the wild, in not even the wild, just in nature um, and and place value on forming a connection, cultivating an authentic connection to Mother Nature herself, to the earth. I think it's I think that's definitely part of the problem. Because the truth of the matter seems to be that the way that we evolved in tribes and in nature, in tune with nature, and how far away the realities that we dwell in now are from that, it seems to be causing a rift. It doesn't seem to be working. So then I started listening to East Forest. Um, after a while. And if you don't know who East Forest is, he is a wonderful musician who makes music that pairs amazingly with psychedelic experiences. And anytime I listen to East Forest, it's usually on mushrooms. He literally has an album titled Music for Mushrooms, or it's like music for the psychedelic practitioner or something like that. And anytime I listen to his music, it's all these like nature sounds and and like the harmonica and flutes and frogs and birds and it just strings and it just makes you feel like like as if music were a person and it's just like and if you're like a baby and it just cradles you the music just cradles you and plucks at all these strings that are deep within your soul and it's beautiful and I loved it and he just so happened to release he happens to be releasing um an album and he's releasing it as he creates it so it's beautiful oh another thing that he does that that is just amazing is he um a lot of his music features Ram Dass and if you don't know who Ram Dass is Ram Dass um is one of the greatest spiritual teachers of all time and has beautiful, beautiful things to say and a beautiful way of articulating that these profound messages. And so, yeah, East Horse mixes that into his music and, and it tugs at my heartstrings so gently, but so profoundly every time. And I always just sit and I cry because that's what psychedelics do or have the power to do with the right set and setting is help you clearly see the ego story that you've been telling yourself. I don't know. I always do this. Let me talk in first person. Psychedelics seem to help me clearly separate myself from um, from the stories 
the ego stories that I fall victim to. And when that realization happens, it's, it's just, um, it's a lot of things. It's sad because you're like, oh my God, I can't, I, I can't believe that I've been living my life like this. I can't believe that I've been buying into these bullshit stories and, and letting these thoughts and actions consume me that are so far away from what I really am. And so as I was on the floor looking at my crystals, I can remember looking at my crystals just sort of radiate this energy and sort of ripple and wave and just breathe. My crystals were breathing. And I was looking at them on my windowsill and just letting the tears run down my face. And it's not like a, it's not all sad. It's also happiness tears, like tears of realization, tears of, oh yeah, tears of remembering who I really am, what this all really is. Um, and, and so, <laughs> so as I was, the next thing that I wrote is time isn't real. It's all about letting go. We can choose to be the endless cup from which love from source pours into this dimension. We are everything and none of the things. And then to be completely honest with you, I don't remember what I did. Another thing I wrote was everything spinning so wildly and chaotically out of control. And just as I begin to lose faith and wonder what the fuck is holding this all together, then I am reminded it is love. Love is the glue. I am love. I am loving awareness. And I am loving awareness is a mantra that I learned from Ram Dass. So I'm sure that that line was inspired by something that he said in an East Forest song. But isn't it so true? Everything gets so crazy. And of course, when I wrote that, I was talking about... I don't know what I was talking about. I, I don't know if I was talking about the psychedelic experience itself or if I was talking about reality. Either way, both seem to have this way of getting pretty fucking ramped up and beginning to spin out of control. And and it can just feel like we can just feel so powerless sometimes. And and I don't know, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, um, but... It's not fun feeling powerless and and the truth of the matter is that we aren't powerless ever. We are physical manifestations of the most powerful force within the universe, and that's love. The next thing I wrote down, I wrote down at 3.55 p.m., and I said, everything's really dreamy and surreal. And it's like, everything is a wave, ripples, cosmic divine soup. And it's strange because I'm going to be really honest. I, and I think I've said this before, I like mushrooms way more than LSD. They're two completely different experiences. Um, mushrooms you lose yourself in. And as soon as it starts settling in, it's like this very powerful, ancient feeling um more natural i'm sure you guys have heard yes and then lsd is like i can't i can't explain it it's just so fucking weird (laughs) and the visuals aren't as realistic or like it's very realistic the visual it's not like 
when you're seeing shit on LSD, it's not like you can be like, oh, well, this is clearly chemicals imbalanced in my brain. Like, n- no, it's it's very real. But I guess the difference with mushrooms is that reality will completely morph and fall apart whereas everything is just sort of how i said like ripples on lsd and like waves and like dreamy and and another observation that i made is just as quickly as we break down the old paradigms we build new ones back up because as i could feel myself having realizations of the true nature of my being and of reality i i could almost see the stories that i tell myself getting a foothold in my mind again or craziest thing the stories that we tell ourselves you know <clears throat> another thing i wrote down is do what feels right another thing i wrote down is we are the universe in a never ending conversation with itself yeah so after that i uh, i have been on a yoga kick lately guys it's been changing my life it's been changing the way that i experience reality and experience myself and oh i love yoga and i'm just i've been diving into the yogic world and i've been doing this program uh with one of my favorite yoga and meditation teachers it's this amazing human being and his name's kevin courtney um and he's the real fucking deal and this program that i'm doing um <clears throat> is a set of teachings um on the yogic principle sankhya and sankhya is the elements and the way that we embody and experience the elements and so in this practice it's sort of a culmination of qigong which is ancient chinese medicine that's uh has to do with the energetics and it's like a ancient chinese yoga almost but it's not i probably butchered that um you know what let me just hey siri what is qigong kicking qigong qigong or qigong is a system of coordinated body posture and movement breathing and meditation used for the purposes of health spirituality and martial arts training all right, you heard it first. So uh, he he combines Qigong with other meditation and yoga, um, and we embody the elements, and we do so um, with the understanding that this body is a vehicle, um, and the passenger in the vehicle is pure consciousness, and the elements sort of all dance within us. Um, and by learning to embody and experience these elements as they are um we have the potential to to gain a sort of clear deeper more profound perspective of reality so i've been really going at it for this program and um i felt so called to do it and i was scared because you know yoga is pretty tricky um and i also didn't want to like i didn't want to dishonor the sacred practice and I didn't want to like it to get so hard that I give up and I don't know so I went back and forth with it for a while but after you know my whole do what feels right thing I was like I got to do what feels right and what feels right is doing this program um and so 
we do the elements one by one um, and there's a separate program for each one and the final one is the element of ether and so I turned it on and I'm just looking at Kevin Courtney's face sort of warp and twist and and listening to this be these beautiful teachings about Purushu and Prakati and, and the elements and and then you know we jumped into the practice and uh and where was I? So yeah, I jumped into the practice. And this was my first time doing energetic work, yoga, qigong under the influence of a psychedelic. And it truly was just such an amazing experience because like I mentioned before, when you're that energetically tuned in, you can feel you can feel really become one with the practice and feel where the energy is being directed and drawn up from and and oh boy was I embodying the elements which don't get me wrong I was doing uh san psychedelic as well the practice has been profound and beautiful on its own but geez I was literally in the tree pose and triangle looking towards my fingertips and seeing seeing the color green, like green tracers sort of undulate from around my fingers. And and each pose that I did, I was really in it, you know? It was fucking, whew, it was so fucking good. And then my roommates came home. And here's the thing. I typically tell my roommates uh, anytime I'm planning on doing a psychedelic, they're cool. They're understanding. They know one of my roommates trips herself occasionally. Um, but I just didn't, I didn't feel the need to say anything this time. Um, and everybody's like been in their room for a couple of days it's not like the vibes have been off or anything, but just everybody, like nobody's really been talking that much for the past couple of days. So I was like, I'm sure everybody will get home, you know, do their thing, go in the rooms, how they have been and whatever. There's no need to tell them what I'm doing. And of course, I don't know how many of you partake in psychedelics and how many of you don't, but if you do, you know that when you are under the influence of these substances, for some reason, things that never fucking happen, happen. And not saying that my roommates never talk, but it had been a few days and they came home in full swing while I was right in the middle of my program and it sounded like a scene from white chicks outside of my door. They were screaming and conversating and really excited and had just gotten home from work. So, you know, there's all this pent up steam that they're getting out and I did my best to just keep focusing on the practice. But another thing with the practice is like, you make these sort of guttural noises during some of the techniques that you do. And, and like, it was already, I like was in my head about it. Cause you know, I'm tripping dick and I'm like, Oh, Oh God, they're going to hear me making my noises and wonder why I'm not coming out the room to chat with them. And I just didn't want to go out there because I was peeking. Okay. I was peeking. This is about like five o'clock ish and I was getting agitated but trying to just just 
keep with the practice and I tried and I tried till I couldn't anymore and I just paused the program and sat down and wallowed for just a little bit. I was pissed. I felt like I failed. I felt like I was doing something really sacred, which I was, and like not being able to see it through was really frustrating. And then them screaming outside my door was like, it was a lot. And, And there I sat with the choice to either let these feelings of frustration consume me or get over it and realize that the practice is something that stays with you no matter what and that I would literally just be able to return to it later. So that's what I did. And I hopped in the shower and I realized that my shower was fucking gross because LSD is so detail orienting that it just makes you aware of like hyper aware of everything. And so I cleaned my shower started cleaning my bathroom and I swear every time I do psychedelics alone in my room I end up cleaning my bathroom it's pretty hilarious and then you know it's funny because I got out the shower and I was like all right it's about like six almost seven surely I'm coming down I was fucking peeking I got out of the shower and I'm looking up at my string lights and I'm seeing double, triple tracers. I'm seeing like clear, energetic tracers. And I'm seeing uh, beams of light that I could never see otherwise. And it was madness, friends. I was peeking, tripping the fuck out. Ended up ripping my string lights down because they just looked busted and it's something I should have done forever ago and and listening to some more music and then I ended up going to see what the cats were doing when I finally worked up the courage to leave my room and lo and behold they're looking out at this beautiful neighborhood cat that I'd never seen before and for a second I was like is this real because this cat was really mystic looking and beautiful and I spent a lot of time on the patio and I had never seen it before. So I called over my roommate because at this point I had already told her that I took LSD and she saw it too. So I was like, all right, okay, it's real. And then it just ran off into the ether. And so let's see, after that, I returned to my cave dwelling, aka humble abode of a room. And at 7.32 p.m. approximately, I wrote, shit's getting pretty weird in here because it was, friends, it was weird in the most beautiful way. Um, and at that point, I don't think that I wrote for a while because, you know, <laughs> I was in it and I had a couple of realizations. The first one was that I don't know truly how I come across to other people. It's none of my business how I come across to other people. What's my business is being genuine. And although I feel that I'm fairly honest, the realization that I had was that there's this fear in me of how other people perceive me because 
on one side of the coin, sometimes I feel people can perceive me as this truly spiritually developed being who's on her shit. And on the other side of that coin, there's this fear that that's not, it's not that that's not who I am. Spiritual development is my life. Um, but just because that is so doesn't mean that I know what the fuck I'm doing. And so on the other side of that coin is this fear that one, people are misperceiving that and that I'm sort of giving off a misrepresentation of what actually is. And I don't know, maybe it's all in my head, but one of the agreements I made with myself was to be even more honest than I have been being. Not saying that I haven't been being honest, but just to be more open, I guess, um, about the things that I go through. Let's see, what else? <laughs> At 8.21, I said, this tab seems to be peaking now. It's the craziest thing that after my failed yoga attempt and a million other realizations that I can only pray are encoded into my being, that I happen to flip open my Bhagavad Gita to a section perfectly articulating the true essence of yoga. And I, I almost didn't read that. I almost didn't mention that at all because the Bhagavad Gita is all about yoga and truth. But I've been reading it for a while and I'm not exactly reading it in order. I'll just flip open the pages and this page that I flipped open to, well, I'd have to read it for you guys. Having restrained his mind, the yogin, a man of discipline, constantly applies his mind to the self, attains peace, the supreme nirvana, which abides in me. O Arjuna, Yoga cannot be perfected by one who eats in excess or by one who does not eat at all. It is not for one who sleeps too much, nor for one who keeps awake. He who is regulated in diet and recreation, who is restrained in performing his actions, whose sleep and wakefulness is regulated. Such a person perfects the yoga, which destroys all sorrows. Oh, I flipped back too far. Fuck. Okay. All right. Here we go. Just as a lamp does not flicker in a windless place, such is the simile declared for the yogin whose mind has been curved and who practices union with the supreme self. When chitta is restrained by the practice of yoga and is withdrawn from the worldly material activities, then the yogin beholds the self within his own self and he finds contentment. One experiences this transcendental bliss which is beyond the reach of mind and senses and to be grasped by the intellect alone. Having attained this state, he realizes, nor does he, 
once steadied swerve from the reality. Having attained this state, he thinks there is no greater gain beyond it in being established wherein he is never shaken, even by the heavy sorrow or calamity. Here's the part that fucking blew my mind. Ready? Let that state be known by the name of yoga, where there is total freedom from all miseries arising from material contact. Such yoga should be practiced with determination and with unwavering mind. And it goes on from that, but wasn't that beautiful? Man, I love the Bhagavad Gita. Reading it sober, amazing. Reading it on acid, fucking reality changing. That really is why I'm taking on this path of yoga, though. It's because when you're in those asanas and you're like, why the fuck did I do this again? Or this hurts. This really shouldn't be feeling like this. I'm about to go over the edge. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. But then you do it. And in that, you start to cultivate resilience. And the wonderful part of it is that that resilience, um, that resilience that you find there on the mat in your practice space, it doesn't stay there. You find it within you after everything. It spills out of your practice space into all the other aspects of your personality and your life. At least that's what I've come to find with me. And I mean, when you meet a yogi, when you see a yogi, there's something fierce within them. And I believe that the cultivation of that uh, is something that begins in the practice. And this really cool thing happens sometimes. I'm not saying that it happens every time because sometimes every single time, like for every second I'm in the asana, I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) This is so painful. But sometimes you get into an asana and it's incredibly uncomfortable. And you think you can't do it, but you don't want to be a pussy, so you stick with it. And then something like lifts and sort of melts away. And you realize that to an extent, maybe just maybe, uncomfort is just as much as a construct as all the other constructs. And so that was um that was really profound for me. That and the fact that 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 verse what it depicts and articulates is that yoga in its totality is meant to show you and bring you to a space where in which you are you have this realization of the most profound part of you the part of you that is pure source the fractal of source, the thing that water cannot wet and and is ungraspable, and it is there. And that space is something that nothing can affect. And though it feels like it, and and though 
This life that we're born into will surely cause us to lose sight of that. With life's challenges and troubles and and what we go through within ourselves and with other people and being basically ripped to shred again and again and again, if not by the exterior world and by our mind's stories, <laughs> that there's something that lies within us that none of that could ever touch and that through the practice of true yoga in all of its forms, we can come into communion with that place within us, truly. That's the, it's the infinite you. Anyways, getting to the end of it here. Next thing I wrote was, in every second I am realizing no one's here waiting on me to come home to them, which is like, <laughs> that one's, that one kind of throws you for a loop, right? Does it throw you for a loop? It kind of throws me for a loop because I'm like, what am I saying that no one's home? But I get this feeling sometimes on mushrooms and LSD that, that somebody's waiting for me or that. It's almost like a sense that somebody's waiting for me to come home. And I guess that's sort of where all this soul searching comes from. But the thing is, I think I don't know because I don't know exactly what was going through my mind. But the thing is, no one's waiting for me to come home because the witness is eternal. And in everything that I do and everything that I am not only is the witness already home, the witness is the home in its entirety, which therefore makes all the soul searching kind of frivolous, doesn't it? On one hand, I mean, I think I'll forever be soul searching. But on the other hand, I know that what I'm searching for is already here. There's no searching. I just am. I am. The next thing I wrote was, make the inner space that you will return to time and time again as sacred and loving as you can, which speaks for itself, I hope. You know, that's that's the point of personal development and spiritual development and self-love and all of it is, in short, loving yourself. In length, it's bringing light into every single nook and cranny and crevice within your psyche, within your heart of hearts, so that when you are sitting with yourself and you have no distractions and you don't have your phone and you don't have your eyes, when your eyes are closed and you, there's, there's nothing when you, it's just, when it's just you with you and you inside your inner space to make that inner space as sacred and as loving for you, if not for anything else, just for you that you can. It's like you could even picture your inner space 
like lately I've been picturing my inner space as a jungle, but for the sake of what we're speaking about now, you could picture your inner space as a humble abode. And it's like every time that you open up a social media app or you find something new to watch on Netflix or you find something to read, or even if you're listening to this podcast, anytime that you're doing something exterior, it's like you're, it's like you're leaving your house, right? But at the end of the day, when you shut your eyes at the end of your life, when you take your last breath, You're going to maybe, I don't know about the last one, but in any case, all you're going to have is what's within. And so rather than leaving the walls barren and having it be like some dark, dreary space, why not decorate it with love and with light? And truly make it, make it into a sacred fucking space. And what I wrote after that is the sooner you stop trying to figure out who you should be, the sooner you realize you are all the things that the whole game is observing and embracing it all as it is. I hope I don't sound like a broken fucking record because I know that. I've said that before, and even if I haven't said it before, you've heard it before in some way or form. I wrote three more things. I know this podcast is getting long. Uh, If you're still here, what's good? Shit. I cannot. Gratitude. Fucking gratitude to you for dealing with my scattered brain and this trip of a trip so I wrote oh the games we play we play games with ourselves this whole life thing is a game that we are playing I'll just leave that there and I finished it off with this isn't what I finished it off with there's one more thing after this but remember how I started saying psychedelics like gently take off your glasses well that was (laughs) that was cap that was big cap, not true at all. So here I wrote, psychedelics are like some stranger who you've known for your whole life, running up to you from out of nowhere, snatching your glasses off your face and breaking them over their knee before disappearing back into the ether in the most loving way possible. Worldview shattered. And I mean, it's back. I'm viewing the world similarly to how I have been for quite some time and also it's like it's like my perspective definitely my glasses were definitely cleaned okay she didn't she didn't break my glasses I can still see and I can see clearer than I was a lot of the smudges are gone for now and how long they stay gone for and how my vision continues to shift Uh, I guess that will all depend ultimately on the way that I integrate this experience along with others. But the last thing I wrote was, you better relish it, baby. There, right there in that moment for what it is, because in the blink of an eye, it'll be gone. 
like grasping at the wind. So don't cling. Don't try to falsely savor. Be there in that moment. Full embodiment of all the elements dancing in creation. So that is that. Let me know what you guys thought of this uh, trip report. I kind of, I don't want to put myself down, but I wish I could have brought more to you guys, more insight. Because like I said before, LSD is incredibly difficult to articulate. Uh, It's just so strange. It's bizarre. It's it's a bizarre experience. And um, I'm probably going to do mushrooms sometime soon. And... A couple months ago, I did my first heroic dose, and I never made a trip report. And the experience was way more profound and scary and intense than this. And so not doing the trip report is something that I regret. So maybe, just maybe, the next time I consume the sacred substance that is psilocybin, uh... I'll have something for you guys. And if it's not in podcast form, like I've said before, it will be with me forever. It will have changed not only the way that I perceive, but hopefully the way I am perceived, you know? Anyways, I love you guys so much. Thanks for listening, and um, yeah.